Do you have a creative business but are struggling to get enough customers or clients to actually make enough money to enjoy your business? Come join me for a free live planning workshop where I will share the roadmap to get more leads and more profits in your business without running yourself to the ground. If you started this year with good intentions but are not getting the results you want and need, you really don't want to miss this free workshop. Now, there won't be a replay, so you must show up live to join the training. Register now at nataliewalton.com forward slash roadmap. That's nataliewalton.com forward slash roadmap. It's really important to get clear on your dream customer or client. So again, it's so easy to think in very general terms when we're at the beginning, or even if we've already launched a product or service and we're trying to cater to everybody. But when you often are trying to cater to everyone, you're actually catering to no one. So at the beginning, it's actually more effective to be very specific with who you are talking to. Welcome to Imprint, a podcast about creating a home and life you love. I'm Natalie Walton, an interior designer, stylist, and best-selling author focused on an holistic approach to homes. Each week, I'm sharing insights and interviews about the creative process to help you enhance both your interiors and well-being, as well as provide you with the tools and resources to make considered and sustainable choices with all that you create. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Imprint. I'm really excited to continue the series that I started recently in relation to creative business because I know so many of you have dreams for what you would like to do one day. Maybe you're already in the thick of it and trying to navigate your way through it. And I really wanted to share some of the big lessons that I've learned on my journey and tease them apart a little bit to give you a little bit more clarity and context and hopefully confidence as well. And all of that to turn into really helping you grow and um, create a business that can sustain you, that it can really take and make your creative dreams possible. So the first episode that I shared was about my creative business journey, and I shared 25 lessons that I've learned on that journey over the past 25 years. So I will link to that in the show notes if you'd like to go back to and listen to that one. It is a little bit of a longer episode for the upcoming episodes. I don't want that one to have freaked you out because they will be much shorter and kind of quick wins, really actionable um, episodes where there's questions that you can work on. And there is actually a workbook that I have created in relation to this series so you can go and dis, um, download that workbook. It is at nataliewalton.com forward slash design and grow. Again, I will put that in the, the um, show notes. So you can just click on that link and get that workbook to kind of work through some of these questions because they are questions that I found really helpful. And again, if I was going over my journey again, this is what I would do. <laughs> I would do it so differently. So, you know, I mean, it's that thing, isn't it? That hindsight is um, a very wise, wise man or a very wise woman. And um, 
you know, I think in hindsight, we could, we would all do things differently. And I'm sharing what I would do differently if I was to start from scratch. And in many ways, every quarter, every year, I go through this process as well. And these are the questions that I ask myself to make sure that I'm on track. And I really hope that you're going to find this helpful. So I think what often happens is that for many of us who are creatives, we love doing something. We love creating something. It could be that we love creating beautiful interiors, or we love writing, or we love photography. And we think, how can I turn this into a business? How can I um, make a living out of this? How can I have this as my job and do it in a way that is you know, profitable enough that I could actually do this full time or do it enough that it is actually the equivalent of, you know, a a nine to five type office job. And for some of you, you might already be in that kind of job, a nine to five office job. And right now you're thinking, well, I would love to do something, but what I'm currently getting paid, I just need to stick with this because of my financial commitments. Or maybe um, you already have a creative business and it's just, it's not quite working out how you had hoped. Maybe you're really struggling to get enough sales, to get your market, your product out there, get enough customers, and it's just a slow trickle. Or maybe you're kind of doing better than that in terms of getting some more revenue in, but you kind of feel like you're chasing your tail and you keep chopping and changing direction and it's actually just exhausting you. So whichever one of those situations you're in, I trust that you're going to find this series really helpful. And each um, one of these sort of episodes, I'm going to share some questions to really help you get clarity on what you're actually offering as part of your product or service. And for those of you who are perhaps in another job and that is paying you, you know, a decent income right now and you don't want to, you know, rock the boat in terms of that income, there is so much work you can do right now to lay the foundation so that you can transition from that kind of role into more of what you want to do. That is something that I've certainly done over the years where I've kind of laid the groundwork while I'm earning money from one particular area of my business and then making it possible so I can then pivot and move into the next step of my business as well. So I just want to offer that as encouragement to you. I recently surveyed um, many of you who are on my email list and I think I also shared it on Instagram stories and it was so interesting to read your answers in relation to, you know, if you could um, if you could have any type of job, career or business, what would it be? And there were so many great ideas. Like um, I'm just going to kind of read a couple of out. Somebody said that they um, wanted to be a farmer. Another person said um, interior design. Another one was coach, monetize my blogs, which talks about interiors, lifestyle and organization. Somebody else said that they wanted to have a gift shop, bookshop, floral shop, bakery hybrid. Somebody else um, wanted to sell used home goods. Somebody else said artist, artist and homemaker, interior designer or landscaping, retreat host, workshop facilitator, styling and interior decorative painting, house flipper, furniture 
uh, restaurateur, I think that's supposed to say, homesteader, photographer. Um, so yeah, just so many, delicatessen, how cool is that? So it's so many different areas and it was really exciting to, to hear what people really would love to do. But when it came to, you know, what's currently preventing you from pursuing your creative goals, um, many people said lack of resources, uncertainty about the steps to take, fear of failure. Those three were actually pretty much tied. Um, lack of motivation was less so. And then many other people just said things like not enough free time, um, lack of time, belief in myself and my abilities. Um, somebody else said busy with current business, undecided about direction to take my art practice next, lack of time, uh, family life. Um, again, the lack of time, uh, financially can't afford to study, not sure if it's the right move, already busy. So, you know, these were some of the, the issues that were coming up and, um, you know, it's, I can completely understand. I mean, sometimes, um, it can look like that, you know, we just, we're so busy in our day-to-day -day lives, but at the same time, I do think it's so important to connect with what really, you know, lights you up and what's really important to you. And there are so many ways that we can manage our time better. There are so many ways that we can be more productive. And when I say be more productive, it's not about just putting more things on our to-do list, but it really is about being conscious of when we're saying yes to something, we're saying no to something else. I know for myself, when I was working in a nine to five style type job, I would often wake up early. I would work on my creative projects on Saturdays or on the weekends. I would work in the evenings. If we really want something, if this is something that's really on our heart, we can always find a way to move towards it. And that is my encouragement for you. If you really feel like it's time for me to really start making my dreams and my goals a reality, then I'm sharing, like I said, some of the biggest lessons that I've learned on my own journey. So, you know, I think that um, you might be a um, an artist and you love creating art or maybe you love cooking or love taking photos or creating interiors, but you've really got to get clear on if I'm doing this and I want to turn it into a product or a service or I really want to get clarity on am I doing the right thing, you really need to get clear on what problem am I solving? What problem am I actually solving for other people? Because ultimately you need to be helping people in some way. Now it could be that if for instance you are an artist that you're creating a beautiful landscape so that you can help people connect to nature and bring the nature inside. Or maybe it could be that you're a photographer and you want to create these beautiful seascapes with your photography so that people can hang affordable art in their interiors and they can have that experience where they really elevate their interiors and it just transforms their spaces. Or maybe you really want to do interior design and you've got to think about, well, not only are you helping with people with their interiors, but maybe you're helping them in a more sustainable way. 
or maybe you're offering a solution that is, you know, it's a complete service solution, or maybe you really want to work with people on a budget. We'll get more onto that shortly, but because um, that sometimes can be a little bit problematic. But it's really important to get clear on, you know, what problem are you solving? And really think about this and also ask yourself, you know, do you want to solve this problem? Because sometimes we can start thinking, oh, I could do this because, you know, people really struggle with this area of their home. Or, um, for example, you might think, I really want to help people declutter their spaces. But then you realize that you actually don't want to be traveling to people's homes, that you maybe you feel that you need to go into people's homes to do that. And the amount of time it would take you to do that, it just doesn't make financial sense. Or perhaps um, you might have, um, you might be living in a particular area where not many people either live there, you live in the country or, um, and so to do those kind of home visits doesn't make sense. There's not enough of a market in your local area. Um, there are so many different components to this in terms of thinking, you know, is this something that you actually want to uh, solve? Like, do you actually really want to solve this problem? And then really getting clear on, is this a problem that people actually have? It's amazing how we can get carried away with like, oh, it would be so great to, you know, create these beautiful artworks that are really big and people can hang them in their spaces. and, And you're kind of projecting what you think people might want, but maybe they don't actually want that. And it's really important to start doing a little bit of market research in many ways and getting really clear on what people actually want. What are they struggling to find? What are they looking for in their spaces? What kind of services do they actually really need help with? If, for instance, you know, going back to the example of decluttering, maybe people don't need help with you going into their spaces. Maybe you can help them by giving them checklists or you can help them in some other way. Maybe you can do it via Zoom. Maybe there is some other way that when you get more clarity on what actually is it that they're really struggling with, maybe they're really struggling to have those kind of conversations with their partner and they really need to get their husband on board. Well, maybe you offer some kind of coaching service for couples who are struggling with their clutter. I don't know if that may be a great idea. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, But it's really important to get clear on, you know, Who are these people that you're trying to help and what are they worried about? What is their pain point? Like, what are they really struggling about? And, um, you know, it's, it's really important to, to tap into that. And that takes us into number two, which is who are you helping? It's really important to get clear on your dream customer or client. So again, it's so easy to think in very general terms when we're at the beginning, or even if we've already launched a product or service and we're trying to cater to everybody. But when you often are trying to cater to everyone, you're actually catering to no one. So at the beginning, it's actually more effective to be very specific with who you are talking to. 
And so it's really important to get clear on who is your dream customer or client. And one huge component of this is that if you actually want to create a business or offer a product or service that is ultimately going to earn you an income that is sustainable enough for you to not have to work a nine to five job or for you to be able to grow your business, you really need to be selling your product or service to someone who can afford it. And I know that sometimes that can be a struggle to think of in those terms, but ultimately it takes the same amount of time and effort to sell to somebody at a lower price point as it does at a higher price point. Yes, in the beginning, sometimes you need to offer your services for free. Sometimes you need to be at that lower price point so that you can, um, you know, get more runs on the board and get more testimonials, get more sales, get more reviews, all of those different things, get more referrals. That is really important. However, you always need to create with that dream customer or client in mind. So make sure you're always thinking of them in terms of your language, in terms of when you're sharing on social media and who you're speaking to, really speak to that person. And the more specific that you can get about who they are and where they live and you know, are they male or female? Maybe they're a mix of both. What age are they? What's their, you know, income bracket? Do they have children? What stage of life are they at? You know, what, who are they? Get really, really clear on this and it will help you immensely in terms of really knowing who you're speaking to and how you can tailor your communication towards them. So, you know, when, if, for instance, again, going back to the example of if you are an artist, you know, think about like who do you really want to buy your art? Is it maybe you want to get in boutiques or do you want to get in art galleries or maybe you want to sell online? Like really get clear on that. If you're an interior designer, do you want to focus on busy executives with deep pockets who are basically going to outsource everything to you? Or are you trying to work with people who are maybe more on a budget and they need help? And if so, then you need to think of, okay, well, I need to do this in a volume way. How can I do this as effective and efficiently as possible so I can, you know, help as many people as possible so I can meet my own financial goals and criteria so that this is actually feasible? Because otherwise, quite frankly, it's a hobby. What you're doing is not a creative business. You're basically a hobby. And if it just doesn't make sense for your time, then you really need to think about, you know, am I, you know, am I offering, you know, is this a hobby for me or am I actually trying to earn a living? And as I said, sometimes in those beginning stages, you really do need to just accept that, okay, I need to work for free for a while or for friends and family. And in last um, week's episode where I shared my 25 business lessons, I very much shared that, you know, I work effectively free for um, at least 12 to 18 months while I was at Real Living Magazine working as a stylist and not getting paid by the magazine to do that work. But that 
basically helped me create a portfolio, gave me contacts. And it meant that once I then went freelance, I didn't have to go out looking for clients. I actually had clients coming to me and it was really so powerful and just such a huge stress reliever that I didn't need to go looking out for those people. So that's something really good to keep in mind for those of you who are perhaps working another job and thinking about, okay, eventually I want to branch out. And if you, for instance, are a photographer, um, think about, do you want to be working for magazines, interior designers, brands? And if you want to be working for brands, what sort of brands do you want to be working for? Homewares, products, fashion, lifestyle, you know, what is it? Children's wear. Um, the more that you can get specific on who you're actually helping, the more that you can really tailor your communication so that it's super clear on who you are helping. And then the third key question in relation to this whole, um, you know, situation of what problem are you solving is why should they come to you? How can you help them? What is your, in marketing, they talk about unique selling point. What is your point of difference? And a really good way to think of this is how would they describe you to a friend? If they were to say, they engaged your product or your service or bought from you or if you had an online shop, how would they describe you to a friend? They might say, um, for instance, oh, I did a consult with, um, again, I'm going to go with the decluttering. You know, I did a consult with this person who specializes in decluttering and um, it was really great because um, they really focus on sustainable solutions. And so it's not about going out to, you know, the, the store to go and buy all these plastic tubs, but it's really about using what you've got or using sustainable materials or whatever it is, you know. And so you've got to think about if that person was talking to a friend, how would they talk about you? What would they say was your point of difference if they were talking to a friend? Um, you know, it might be that if you're an interior designer, they might say, um, you know, I came across this person and I did a consult with them and they were so helpful. The whole process from, um, from as soon as I contacted them, it was just so seamless and it was so easy. And I just, all of the problems that I was struggling with, they just made the process easy. I don't know. I'm just throwing out examples there. And you could have like a whole process and a system that makes the whole experience really clear in terms of onboarding and, you know, outlining the various stages of the process and what's going to be involved so that they're not second guessing. So what are some things that you can do to really differentiate yourself from other people that are out there in the marketplace. And I think, you know, it's really important to think about this in terms of what is unique about you? How do you come to this problem? How do you solve this? How do you do this differently to other people? Is it that if, for instance, you have um, somebody was saying that they wanted to sell used goods, like I'm presuming they're talking about secondhand, vintage, well, how are you different to all the other vintage sellers out there? What is it? Is it that you go on um, once a year buying trips to Paris? Is it that you um, have a very rigorous editing process and 
Um, you, or maybe you restore the products yourself. Maybe you recover them in your own fabrics. Like what is it that you're doing differently to other people so that it becomes a real point of difference? Because if you're just doing what everybody else there out there is doing, it becomes very, very hard for you to stand out and get noticed. And it's really becomes an uphill battle to, to really make progress with your business. So just to recap, really ask yourself these three questions. What problem are you solving? Who are you helping? And why should they come to you? As I mentioned, I've got these questions and more to really help you break down the process in the workbook that relates to these challenges, the creative business challenges. So go to nataliewalton.com forward slash design and grow. I hope that you have found this helpful. If you have, please leave me a review or send me a DM on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. As I mentioned, this is a new series. So really love to hear from you. And maybe you've got a friend who's wanting to start a business or really struggling to get it off the ground, then maybe you could share it with them and they might find it really helpful too. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to sharing creative business challenge number two next week. Until then, have a beautiful week. All of the links and info for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so that you can get a direct download of the latest episode. And I really appreciate when you take a minute to rate and review, as well as share the love with someone you know who might benefit from this episode or on social media. If you'd like to access a range of free resources, come visit my website, nataliewalton.com. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast. And I would also like to acknowledge the people of the Bundjalung Nation where it was recorded and pay my respects to elders past, present and emerging. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint.